It's nothing specific with Trevor David Houchin. So I was on TV today. I mean, it wasn't actually TV. It was just, it was just Facebook Live, to be honest with you. Um, but what's the difference, right? I, I can remember a time when if you were on TV, if you were on any video transmitting apparatus, it was a huge deal. You know what I mean? If you, if you turned on a TV or even a computer and you saw your face on it, it was a huge deal. It was like the epitome of success. It, 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 it meant you had made it. You had become somebody. But it isn't that way anymore. Anybody can get on quote-unquote TV. Do people even still have TVs? Are, are, are those big screen TVs that used to cost, I don't know, $2,000? Are those still... Do people still have those? I don't even know. Everybody watches TV on their computer it doesn't make sense right i'm watching tv on my computer that's like saying i'm cooking i'm i'm cooking i'm cooking a microwave dinner in my toaster does that make any sense? Is that a good analogy? I suck at analogies. I think you know what I mean, though. Anybody can get on TV as long as you've got a computer, you can get on TV. I don't know. So today I did this talk show. This talk show is called Talk Show Kings, and it shoots here in Atlanta on Sundays, and there's four of us, four black guys, myself and three other black guys, and all three of them were very much more, um, I don't know, religious than I am. Two of them are like certified ministers certified preachers certified pastors priests what's the difference that just goes to show you how how little I know about uh, religion I don't know the difference between a preach preacher pastor priest minister reverend aren't they all the same thing they're not the same thing like, those are the guys that stand up in the front of the congregation and, and, and tell you what God thinks you should be doing, right? Or what God thinks you shouldn't be doing, or what God, you know, what God did, or what God wants to do, or something like that, right? 
and I myself have no idea what God wants me to do what God you know wants you to do what God thinks I should be I've got no idea but these two guys on the show with me today both of them are certified ordained reverend preacher priest pastor minister guys right and this other guy grew up you know he he said he grew up in the church he grew up kojic and he just said this word kojic as if you know it's common knowledge like if you say to somebody hey you know i had a waffle this morning everybody knows what a waffle is right you don't have to define a waffle you know it's a circular um it's a it's a circular sort of um pastry-esque kind of toasted uh edible thing with like little squares you don't have to define a waffle that's my point so this guy just said, you know this guy today he says he says he 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 grew up in the church and he grew up kojic now i don't know about you but what what the hell is kojic kojic i you know i i'd never heard the word before in my life i've been alive half a century i've never ever heard this word kojic and this guy said it as though i should have known what it was and the other two guys the other two you know pastor priest reverend minister preacher guys they knew exactly what kojic was but i didn't so i stopped him and i said hey bro what is kojic and he said is it means church of god in christ and all three of these guys are on the show and they're uh you know they're quoting bible scripture and um saying all this stuff that relates directly to God and the Bible and Jesus and I I you know I'm at a loss with with that with that stuff I'm just at a loss with that stuff I you know as a kid I I went to church you know my 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 mom made me go to church I went to church I went to a Luth we went to a Lutheran church in Queens we went to a Methodist church in uh Brooklyn and just just for kicks i you know a couple of my friends they were catholic so i went to their catholic church a couple of times and you know catholic church is like a horror movie as far as i'm concerned it's the scariest thing it's like a living breathing real life real time horror movie catholic churches the organ Da-na-na. and the angels and, and 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 you know the priests in their robes everybody's walking really slowly you know there's a guy in the back of the church you know he's in like a little closet thing that you go in to confess your sins to and 
you know, you're, you're, you're drinking the blood of Christ and you're eating the flesh of, I mean, come on, man. Come on, come on. Catholic Church is an absolute horror movie, man. Absolute horror movie. So much more interesting, though, than Lutheran Church, which couldn't be more boring. Point being, you know, I don't remember. I, I just was not. I wanted to play wiffle ball when I was in church. Sunday mornings, the only thing I could think about was that I could not wait to get home to play wiffle ball on my block, you know, but, you know, these guys, these guys today, you know, these, like, like I said, two of these guys are, 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 you know, reverend minister, preach pastors, and then the other guy grew up Kojic, and I'm sitting there thinking, None of you got none of you guys like ever played wiffle ball. You guys didn't want to just play wiffle ball when you were kids. Like you were really into the God stuff when you were nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old. You weren't thinking about wiffle ball or punch ball or, you know, running bases or, you know, the ice cream man. Like you guys were really into the church stuff. I mean, hey, you know, I'm not mad. I'm not angry at anybody, you know, you know, but as a nine or a 10 year old, like, are you, are you worried about the eternal damnation of your soul or are you worried about being the wiffle ball champion of your block? Apparently, you know, apparently in today's little group, I, I was the only one thinking about wiffle ball. So these guys, you know, they're talking about religion and I, you know, I was lost. I was lost. Um, but that's not the point. The point is the fact that I, I, you know, I was on TV and that's not the point either. The point is actually the fact that I wasn't on TV. I was on Facebook live and what's the difference? I don't really know what the difference is. You know, I, Facebook Live can be just as entertaining as your your hundred million dollar Amazon movie series, right? Like the entire the entire entertainment you know field industry has been you know sort of leveled the the playing field has been leveled so that anyone who thinks they're even vaguely interesting or entertaining or informative case in point exactly what I'm doing right now anyone can uh you know get on TV even though being on TV doesn't necessarily mean you're on TV. It could very well mean you're just on Facebook Live. But what's the difference? That's my point. What exactly is the difference? So we talked about uh, domestic violence being on the rise during COVID-19 because people are trapped 
in their houses they can't get out i guess see i mean you know i'm confused about that and because you know if listen if i can be perfectly honest with you i never sheltered in place please don't tell anybody that i don't want you know the shelter in place police to show up at my house but i never sheltered in place i didn't shelter really anywhere i didn't shelter like at all my wife my wife sheltered she sheltered she sheltered in place and she's actually still sort of sheltering in place but i never sheltered in place i i i i couldn't i couldn't i was i couldn't i went stir crazy the first day that they ordered the shelter in place i i just couldn't do it i just couldn't do it so what i did was i i went to parks i went to parks those were the only things that were open i went to parks and uh just walked around the parks met a lot of homeless people and you know that's that's i couldn't i couldn't get myself to shelter in place so um i didn't you know that's i guess that's the long and short of it just you know i just don't really think that religion was ever for me you know even as a kid i can remember i was 4 or 5 years old and uh, we're at our, we're at my lutheran church in queens and every year we had this really great christmas party where you know they had a fake santa claus and you know they had the they had the uh reenactment of um the birth of Jesus and the three kings and uh you know all that stuff and and i distinctly remember being at the church um just thinking about uh wiffle ball and But I guess all kids are like that, right? I mean, there there are no kids who who are in church who are who are thinking about God, right? There are no kids in church thinking about God and eternity and you know, the eternal struggle between good and evil and the angels and the commandments. None of that's none, none of that stuff has any effect on children except to terrify them does it right i mean you're 5 years old you're 4 years old you know the only thing that you really know at that age is 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 that you like cartoons you don't like vegetables toys are your favorite things but 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 yet your parents are taking you to this place every sunday so that you can learn how not to get your soul to burn eternally in hell what what is that what is that really you don't even know how to read 
You don't even know how to read. You've just learned, if you're lucky, how to ride a two-wheeler, right? Without training wheels, right? You've got your favorite cartoons. And, and, and at the same time, you're being told to keep the Ten Commandments and how to avoid your soul burning eternally in hell with this scary monster named Satan who, who carries a pitchfork who, who, who might want to kill you, right? Or, you know, the other end of the spectrum is you're also learning that there's this place called heaven where after you die you go up to heaven you you somehow somehow you've just learned keep in mind you've just learned how to ride a two-wheeler simultaneously you're being taught that when you die if you're good your entire life you're gonna somehow float up to heaven and be in heaven and live in heaven eternally forever with this god guy and you're five years old you've just learned how to ride your bike that's 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 essentially what happens in you know the religious upbringing of children does that sound okay to you have you have have you have you considered that and you know at 4 or 5 years old this is the time in your life where your personality is forming where all the foundations of everything that you hold dear and true are being formed where you are being indoctrinated with these ideas without having any ability to discern whether you think these ideas make any sense and you're being taught at this age that you better be good at the same time you're being taught you better not pout you better not cry you better not shout i'm telling you why santa claus is Come on guys, really? This is what This is how we've all been indoctrinated. This is you know, you're learning the alphabet at the same time that you're learning the 10 commandments. You're learning how to count to, you know, 20 while simultaneously being taught that Jesus was born in a manger to a virgin who was visited by the holy ghost come on man come on and then people wonder how the human race is so messed up people actually ask themselves how things got to be so crazy without stopping to think that 
you know, during their most precious years, when all they wanted to do was go play wiffle ball, they were being told that there's a chance that if they do a single thing wrong, they'd go to hell and burn forever. We're teaching five-year-olds this and six-year-olds this. We're also teaching them at the same time that all they've got to do is accept Jesus into their life in order to have eternal salvation. We're teaching five-year-olds and six-year-olds this. They don't know how to tie their shoelaces, guys. They don't know how to tie their shoelaces, yet they're supposed to understand the difference between good and evil. It's absurd. It's absurd, the indoctrination. It's absurd. It's absurd. So have you heard this? Dr. Dre's ex-wife. Apparently they just got divorced. Whatever. Dr. Dre's ex-wife is asking him for $2 million a month. $2 million a month. For what is it? Alimony? And, you know, child support. You know, how many children does she have? Does she have like 400 children? I mean, $2 million a month. And I mentioned some something about it on my Facebook page, you know. And I was really surprised at how many men said that she deserves it. Now, you know, what is it? You know, maybe these guys aren't big fans of Dre. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of Dre, whatever. You know, I'm not mad at Dre, but I'm definitely not the biggest fan of Dre. But what's a person? $2 million a month? I mean, where do you get the nerve to ask the person that you're breaking up with to pay you $2 million a month. Where do you get the nerve to do that? Like, what exactly is he paying you for? I don't, you know, this is what I don't understand, you know, and a lot of my guy friends, I love them. You know, they're great friends of mine. They're, they're, they're great friends of mine. A lot of my guy friends are saying things like, well, you know, she made it possible for him to earn that money. She took care of the home. She took care of the kids. You know, she 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 provided a solid foundation for him to be able to go out and create that fortune. So she deserves something. But does she deserve $2 million a month? Now, a lot of the women 
they're saying, oh, well, you know, Dre's worth $800 million, so she deserves $2 million a month of that $800 million. And my question is, I don't understand what it matters how much he's worth, because that's the point. He's worth that amount of money, right? That's what he's worth. Is she worth $2 million a month? And what makes her worth that? Let me give you an example. You're working at your job. 10 years, 20 years. Let's go as far as 30 years. You put 30 years into your job. You show up every day, whatever it is you're doing. Whatever it is you're doing, you're you're an account executive, you know, I don't know, you're a nurse, you know, you're a truck driver, whatever your job is, you work there for 20 or 30 years. When you quit that job, are you allowed to ask that job to continue to pay you weekly, monthly, whatever it is, as though you still work there? I, I, you know, is, 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 is that, is that, is that okay? Is that normal? You, you know, you, you, you work at a company for X amount of years and, and then you quit, you tell them to, you know, you tell them you don't want to work there anymore. And then in the same breath, you tell them, and by the way, I want you to continue to pay me, even though I'm not going to show up here anymore. And not only do I want you to continue to pay me, but I want you to continue to pay me for the rest of my life, monthly. And then not only do I want you to continue to pay me for the rest of my life, but I want you to continue to pay me $2 million a month. I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 I helped to build the company because I was here for, you know, 10, 20 years. I, I, I did my job for 10 to 20 years. We had a great relationship. I was productive. The company was productive. And then I decided, you know what? I don't want to be with the company anymore. I want want to leave and go, go, go be on my own and do my own thing. But I want the company to continue to pay me and subsidize my life. That's okay. I don't know. You know, I, I... I just can't, I can't cop to it. I just can't cop to it. My feeling is that when you break up with someone, unless you've got children, okay? If Dr. Dre's ex-wife has, has young children or, you know, children that the mother is still responsible for taking care of, you know, buying clothes, feeding, so on and so forth, then yes, of course, she's... You know, they, they, they made the children together. So obviously he's resp- he's still responsible for the children financially. You know what I mean? I mean, because just because he breaks up with the mother does not mean he's breaking up with the children. He's breaking up with the mother, but he's still responsible for his children. Those are his children. But if she doesn't have young children that she's still caring for, right? If she's still of able mind and body what is he giving her money for I don't understand 
I don't understand what if she's deciding that she no longer wants to be with him she's breaking off the relationship but she also can expects him to continue to pay her and not only does she expect him to continue to pay her but he, she, she expects him to continue to pay her handsomely to the tune of two million dollars a month guys two million dollars a month what's he paying her for what's he paying her for is he paying is he paying her for what she's done you know he's pay, she, he's paying her for having taken care of the house having taken care of the children having cooked dinner having cleaned the house so on and so forth he's paying her for things she's done in the past and will never do again didn't he pay her while they were married didn't he provide her with this you know luxurious lifestyle while they were married but when they divorce he's responsible to continue to maintain her lavish lifestyle that's what being in the relationship is for that's one of the perks of being in the relationship it's the lifestyle that the two of you together create for each other however once we've separated why am i continuing why am i responsible to continue to fund your luxurious lifestyle as though we're still together why i don't understand it i don't understand it and i don't think i don't think i'm being selfish but then again you know selfish people never think they're being selfish right i just i i i just don't understand it i don't i don't know i just don't know where does she i i, I don't know but then a friend of mine a good close friend of mine by the name of tom right he lets me in on the fact that it's you know that's american marriage law since when and why did you know american legislation get involved in marriage why 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 did some outside force some outside entity some outside you know judicial or uh, you know government institution feel the need to legislate how i conduct my marriage with my wife wow. you know how when why where did that happen and is it the same across the world do do all you know do all societies have the same kind of you know absurd marriage laws where 
you know, the partners are financially responsible to each other once they've split. I mean, the point of splitting is the split, right? The point of no longer being together is to not have to deal with each other anymore. So, you know, why does, why does this financial arrangement continue to entangle the two partners even though they've split doesn't make sense to me another one of those things that just doesn't make sense to me and I can't fathom Look, um, I, I think uh, I'm going to think about that. You know, I'm going to go have a donut and some cashews and uh, and consider that. It's nothing specific. Trevor David Houchin. Cheers, family.